2: all right i am welcoming back zach kyleman i got it right for the second time yay yes you did he's the host of the gridiron gallery gallery podcast host of the fourth and four which comes up after the show on sundays mm-hmm. uh and then if you want to drop all the other podcasts you do go ahead because i felt uh very bad last time i just said oh he does 10 and we moved on like <laughs> if you want to drop all the other ones you do go right ahead
1: yeah, I'll do that. So yeah, Gridiron Gallery, and then uh, also Inside the Walls, Arena Football, if you're curious, and then uh, Gridiron Japan, if you're curious about well, football professional, well, football played in well, the land of the rising sun. That's about it, you know. And then other oh, side, various projects like this one.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're, and you're also a fellow Bears fan. So this, like I said, when I put this on Twitter, it's either. Bears preview or Bears sadness. It's going to be one or the other or both. It's, it's both. It's both. It's both. But at least right. you don't, at least you don't live around. I live in the suburb. I'm about an hour and a half, about an hour, 15 minutes, but still okay. around here. The first thing I hear when I walk in Mondays is how bad the Bears are. Cause everybody around <laughs> us is Bears fans. So it's, it's just a great time.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I used to live at least in Northwest Indiana. So like, that was my life for 19 ish years. And then you live around central Indiana, like Indianapolis. And it's like, you know, you hear about the Colts, you know, and they're now struggles used to be like Andrew Luck era. They're like, we're so close. And then I'm just sitting there. I'm going, yeah, but like, I don't care. And I'm just still, I'm still depressed as all hell because of what
2: I've got to deal with. So (laughs) whoopee, (laughs) because they lay the bait out. Bears are really good at, the Bears are like the uh, plunger and like the donut hanging on the string on your forehead, because they dangle out <laughs> in front of you. Yeah. Because there's a lot of times where we have this top five defense, and then we have an mm-hmm. offense that's competent enough, mm-hmm. and then we screw it up. You know, somehow, some way. You know, maybe next week we'll talk more Jay Cutler if I can get that figured out. But even no, there,
1: you, you, you dropped it.
2: I dropped it. I'm in that mood now. You drop the name, <laughs> you,
1: uh, triggered <laughs> mob got but, there. Thanks, Steve. But I'm gonna clean you it. Got up. me there. Only like two and a half minutes in this episode, and you already had to drop that man's name into the, into the conversation. Congratulations.
2: It, <laughs> I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it till it left my lips. As soon as I said the R, I was like, "Oh, I said Jay Cutler." <laughs> but I'll, I digress. But like, during that era. There were times where we were a decent football team, and it's dangling out in front of us. Of like, maybe we can do it. Maybe we got it. And then someone gets hurt, or we play Aaron Rodgers in NFC Championship games, something like that. And yeah, we just yeah.
1: 2012 it. is the prime example of your definition right there. Jump out to jump out to a seven and one start. Cutler gets a thumb injury. Everything seems to collapse around you. Minnesota Vikings win the second to last seat last week of the season, and we lose the tiebreaker to the Vikings in the end because AP is having a a almost record year where he finishes five yards away from breaking Eric Dickerson's rushing record. Yeah, that's what we had to deal with there. And then Lovey Smith gets fired. You know, and and then. this is kind of the path we're on. Right? We're still on that path after the post Lovey
2: era. This is supposed to be a preview. To I love how I I told you right before. There's going to be a preview and a recap. Well, now we're going to recap everything because ten and six, Lovey Smith, and then we're dealing with Matt Nagy, who doesn't get fired and he can't go ten and six since 2018. Mm. Like ever since Lovey Smith left, it's just.
1: I love how you like skip Mark Tressman entirely. Yeah. yeah well I and mean. John Fox because of like either how depressing like or like how depressingly um it seemed like dysfunctional it was with Mark Tressman at at least in year two. And yeah. then John Fox just being a lame duck and completely forgettable era in Bears football whatsoever.
2: Well John so. Fox Like I thought Lovey Smith forgot about offense. And then Fox took that to a whole nother level of like he did forget about offense. We don't need to play offense when you play defense, bare bones. Because that's what Lovey Smith did. Bones. He was used to defenses over here, offenses over there. You two are completely different teams, and he brought that to Illinois, and that doesn't work in college where they're completely different. Doesn't work. Yep. Then you you had Mark Tressman, who's this offensive guru, which we've heard that about another coach. Yeah, that we have right yep. now. We have heard about another coach doing that. And then we get Fox who comes in and we play really good defense, but we run the ball 88% of the time with Fox.
1: Kind of how we're doing it now. Although if we want to get into the kind of the recap into the preview type of thing, that looked like it was changing a bit this past week. They they got, you know what they did? They did play action, Steve.
2: They They actually moved him out of the pocket. They did. It's it's crazy. It's like the fans have been saying that for a year and a half now. So maybe it it wasn't Mitchell Trubisky's fault. Maybe it wasn't. The endless debate. Well, maybe it wasn't all his fault. I'll say it that way. It wasn't all his fault. Right. Right.
1: I I still think that there's more evidence showing that maybe – Said coach
2: isn't adapting to the team
1: that he was given,
2: so yeah. I mean, you know. Bears didn't have Matt Nagy, he was out with COVID, and he's still out, he's still not back.
1: Yeah, we have no idea on the status of him this coming
2: week either. So, yeah. but I think you said it when you hopped on like, we looked we weren't very flashy, I think, in the first half is a good way to put it, but we looked different on offense. Like you said, we play action, we move the ball. Justin Fields looked decent, like what you would expect out of a rookie quarterback, like just doing just enough to move the ball. They played with a little confidence. Now the defense struggled the whole game. But the whole first half, the Bears looked like a different team without Matt Nagy. And I remember seeing all the posts on Twitter, like, this is why we don't need Matt Nagy anymore. <laughs> and I was kind of like, yeah, we don't need Matt Nagy anymore. You know, Laser was – I I, honest, I said this. I said, this is going to be a huge debate because now with Laser not having Matt Nagy in his ear, he can just call whatever he wants.
1: Right. And, and if you think about it last year, one of the main reasons why the Bears even made the playoffs – Was they ran? It was run first, but they ran a lot more play action too Mm -hmm. during that stretch. And it was funny because, like, when they went to laser, like, you may this is a good point to think about is like it didn't seem like. Like, I was kind of surprised, maybe as you are, where it's like, where are these rollouts? Because this is what he was doing last year with Trubisky. You know, mobile QB. He's a lot more comfortable with his feet on the run, and all of a sudden, it shows up with the coach away from the ball. I mean, you can say that the dude that Matt Nagy can pass along to Chris Tabor, the game plan, but like you're talking, it's a little different when someone has a mic in your ear, an entire three and a half hour stretch compared to a dude sitting at home, you know, probably watching some TV at his house and, you know, you know, once it gets to game time, things kind of can, the script can be thrown out the window, maybe after a first few series. So that is a fascinating aspect to that game. And if he's back next week, you know, or this coming Sunday, like we're talking right now, I mean, uh, yeah, that uh, changes some things, man. There you can see if it changes on the field like that too, against Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, because uh, when we when they play Pittsburgh, if we don't see play if he's back and we don't see play actions, we don't see rollouts, then the big talk's gonna be, well, wait a minute, when he's gone, we, we're doing these things when he's here or mm-hmm. not. Because NFL coaches, and it makes me mad as a coach in high school, we have to adapt to the kids we have, no matter what we want to do. In college, they do the same thing. NFL, they go, right. no, you're going to do what I want you to do. because If not, you're going to get cut. But look at Lamar Jackson. Now, I'm not saying he's a bad passer, but they're like, oh, he can run. We have three running backs. Let's do this, and they win. Uh, who's another team that's hot right now? Look at Aaron Rodgers. He can move, so they move him around. Right. At least for the main part, uh, until, you know, he's not going to be
1: in this weekend, of mm-hmm. course. But, you know, I get, your, I get your point. I mean, you we can talk it like that. You know, I think Lamar Jackson's the best example of, ta- you know, a team tailoring to the strengths. But you see, with that, though, the other part of that coin is you have to hope that the quarterback's weaknesses then can be kind of at least can be practiced upon, and then those improvements lead to improvements down the line. So, you know how Lamar Jackson was mainly more of a raw runner. We need to adjust to the speed of the passing game now. Look at the dude; dude is a multifaceted threat, MVP level quarterback. That no one, if anyone's questioning his passing ability anymore, I need I need to talk to you in a private room and like sit you down because I think that discussion is over. So, like Justin Fields now. You know, what was it? What's he good at running out of the pocket running and usually go. And if he can get the chance to re- get on the first read, great. Um, he's good at scrambling and buying time for the most part when it's designed that way um, in the pocket. No. And he's, he's shown examples. He's not good at reading how to escape a pocket credit, whether collapsing line or just doesn't know how to read the situation holds the ball too long. You know, get the guy comfortable. That's what a rookie's supposed to be in the NFL. Look at Mac Jones. That system is comforting Mac Jones. Do something where it comforts Justin Fields' strengths. Last week, that was really good. And they're really going to need to do that against Pittsburgh because you, you, you can't throw out a freaking in-the-pocket, <laughs> like, in-the-pocket passer type of uh, setup when T.J. Watt is at the top of his game right now, and they just sacked Baker Mayfield four times last week, by the way. I mean, yeah, because it's gonna be pressure.
2: Pitts, Pittsburgh, everybody wrote them off, but they're kind of finding a little groove right now. Their defense they is are. finding a groove. Big Ben is Big Ben. You know, he's gonna play good or play really bad. But yeah, offensively, we can't sit in the pocket for four or five seconds. It's not gonna happen. So this is gonna be interesting. If Matt Nagy's back and we're not moving the pocket, it's gonna be all on him. But Justin Fields look comfortable when he's running. He's comfortable. I think the receivers like it because they can kind of break out of character and don't have to run this route. They can get open. But mm-hmm. what scared me was we couldn't get the run game going as well as we had. And I complimented last time to you. I said, the offensive line can block. They zone block pretty mm-hmm. well. This game, it, it was not happening. San Francisco's defense looked good like to us, like to the Bears. It like looked pretty good.
1: Yeah, well, they strengthened up as the game went on too. You know, I think they were, uh, you know, early on. I think that the change, of, the change of game plan, the more the play action. Um, you know, they were they were keying into the run first mentality the Bears have that is kind of their bread and butter right now. Um, and they were like, let's make the rookie QB try and make mistakes. And early on, I think, you know, they were get, they were like I so said, the Bears. It seemed like we're scheming where Fields was comfortable. Maybe San Francisco needed to make some adjustments at halftime. And those halftime adjustments did show up you know Sands one touchdown drive where it was the highlight of the day where fields gets out of a fourth and one and makes that ridiculous 22 yard td run i mean dude ran 53 yards alone just on that run to make it and that that was that was special you know Mm -hmm. that's that's what people want to see from fields but that can't always happen or won't always happen that is and so you know besides that one drive you know it seemed like you know 49ers kind of adjusted as they needed and you know you're going to expect the same for Pittsburgh. I mean, they're you know they're no slouch defensively. They've they've uh, showed up in recent weeks, and uh, they're going to key in on the run again. You know, with Dave Montgomery coming back too. You know, they're going to key in on that just like they did with Nick Chubb last week, and uh, DeAndre and uh, uh, Deont- Deontay Johnson. That is.
2: Yeah, I mean, Justin Fields was a leading rusher. In the last game, he had 103 yards rushing. And like you said, most of them Mm -hmm. came on that big run. So, again, I think teams are going to be okay if he's the one that's running the ball. They want to stop the normal runs. I think they know, well, eventually he's going to make a mistake. He's going to throw a bad ball. When we're running, he's going to get tired. They're going to have to hand the ball off. I mean, it took Herbert 23 carries last week to get to 72 yards. And yeah. I, and when he went down for a second there, I was like, We have no more running backs because Williams got hurt and he got hurt. And-
1: I mean I mean I love Ryan Nall to death, but like I don't I don't trust him to step in and do the same no. things Herbert can because he Null can't really Null is not a to me not a I don't get a confidence rating of him being a pass catcher like I do with Khalil Herbert. So he's a
2: fullback. He's the definition pretty, of a pretty fullback. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the, the dude basically could convert to fullback and he probably would be the starting fullback for Chicago. Like, let's, let's be honest. He, well, could, he could probably do that.
2: When they put him in and he tried to carry it like a running back, I said, you need to put both arms over because you're a freaking fullback. You are not a running back. You are a fullback, or we can put you at guard, which we need. Like, one of the two, we're going to put you there. <laughs> Just get some meat on those bones. <laughs> yeah, it, it, he's not a running back. So when he went down, I was like, oh, now we're screwed. Like, this is mm. great. And then Herbert reminds me of Matt Forte, like a younger – Matt Forte, actually, the way he runs. Okay. I mean, now he's smaller, but just the way he runs, the way he looks, I was like, this looks like a Matt Forte when we first got him, and so I'm hoping that's what he turns into. But with with Montgomery coming back and him coming back, and Justin Fields, now you got three run threats. So hopefully that keeps Pittsburgh at home. But we're gonna have to get creative again, and if Matt Nagy's back, it worries me if we can get creative to get everybody the ball.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Well, Dave Montgomery,
1: you'll get another pass catcher too, you know, for a unit that needs some support, whatever you want to say about Allen Robinson at this point, you know, we can kind of assume that it is what it is. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it really is a chemistry thing or what, but like the man obviously isn't producing this year, whether it's tag related or nothing, like that's a whole nother conversation. Um, Darnell Mooney can't do it all. Marquise Goodwin, you know, one-year deal, okay, but, like, I expected a lot more from this guy from what I've seen of him beforehand. I mean, I the, Marquise Goodwin's not a slouch, so I was just kind of shocked. Demir Bird, eh, okay. You know, Cole Komet, we all have had our talks about Cole Komet, you know, needs to get more consistent targets, you know, needs to be more of a focal point as a safety valve. You know, again, got a few targets this week, a few catches, but okay, I expect more. And Jimmy Graham will be back too. So that also helps a lot.
2: Yeah, because when Lazer took over last year in that stretch, you saw a lot of tight end catches. You saw a lot more tight ends blocking. We saw rollouts and everything else. Komet had the big catches in the first half, and then we never saw him again. So I don't know if Mm -hmm. defenses just took him away. But like you said, if you got him and Jimmy Graham out there, if we can get down to the red zone, you put both of them out there, you got to pick which one are you going to guard? Um, but how did the Bears move the ball short passes too like people forget RPOs and short passes. I think there was yep. two RPOs where we had an illegal man downfield and that's on that's on Justin Fields. That's on him. College you get 3 yards, high school you get 3 yards. NFL is 1. So that guy's 1 yard downfield.
1: Yeah. 1 and like maybe a half yard buffer if you're if you're lucky depending on the ref, you get, the crew you get for the game,
2: you know. But the big concern from the game was the defense. That is where... My God. Akeem Hicks came back, but he did not look healthy. No, he did not. Uh, Without Cleo Mack, teams were like, well, we don't have to double-team anybody out there anymore. And if we could hold Akeem Hicks with one guy, now we can block the linebackers. And they were just gashing us up the middle, which you do not see very rarely with a Bears defense at all
1: yeah if 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 the bears are not at least a stout run defense that at least in terms of statistics that year in year out um that in normal in chicago that that's something that we're used to is that you're gonna have to pass on us if you're gonna get anything and this year it seemed like you know it was it looked concerning there were some early on in the sunday night football game against the rams there were some gashes that Uh, that Daryl Henderson was getting on us. That was like, oh man, uh, this could be foreboding. And there's been times throughout the year it's been this way, and then it seemed like the last two weeks the floodgates have just kind of opened, and we're seeing way more gashes than I expected. And it's not even really besides Hicks, it's not too much of an injury issue on that front line. They still have most of their reserves, you know. Hicks last year, in place of uh, you know, in, in place as being the main. Uh, nose tackle, you know, he's usually not that. He's usually the off ball defensive tackle is trying to be more of a he fills up the gap, but he's trying to also be more of the pressure specialist in the interior. Um, you know, last year he did that role really well. This year he hasn't had to have that pressure. Um, you know, most of the guys you expect like Ball Nichols is getting in there and he's done his due as well. You know, they it just seems like for some reason that unit cannot cannot hold their gaps, or they cannot at least uh, get off any blockers to shed and try and tackle. More and more as the year's gone on, these gashes are getting more consistent. That is really scary, Not considering that the Bears aren't exactly giving us, you and I, confidence in their secondary right now either. No, uh, Besides Jalen Johnson, yeah. anyone else, it's kind of like free game out there at this point.
2: When Eddie Jackson went down the second play of the game, it did change the defense because now – you have to bring in a backup uh defensive back player. I think that changes their defense up to where the box is softer because now they have to take yes. their linebackers and move them out a little bit because they have mm-hmm. to help out. Right. Because Jackson can't just
1: you can't have Jackson come down there and be a bruiser on those plays too. Right. He's, you know, which he's usually down in the box, like you're saying.
2: Yeah, he 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 fills in the run really hard, and that's where he got hurt. He was coming down, something happened. When mm-hmm. you don't have that anymore, now you've got to take a linebacker and move them out a little bit to say, well, now you've got to come out here. Well, now that opens up the inside. Well, then when you go back to the inside, Jimmy G runs around the outside for a touchdown, like something like that. Right. And Jimmy G decided to play it against the Bears. Now, fun fact, his first start ever was at Chicago a couple years ago with the 49ers. Oh, yes. A first start with the 49ers, I should say. Not all. And I was I was there for that game. Fun fact. I think that was my second Bears game of my life I was there. Okay. First one was when Jay Cutler hurt his ankle, and we played the Lions, and we lost 16 to 14, I think. It was a weird score. Yeah,
1: I think I remember, I think I remember which think you're talking about, yeah.
2: And, th- and that's when the new part of the Soldier Field had just gotten put in that looks like a spaceship. Oh, okay. Okay, so this is way early on. All right. And Lions and Bears fans got arguing after the game, and we were up high. Because tickets are expensive for Bears games, so we were up high. Bears fan took a Lions fan, threw him over the, the the balcony there, and I was like, "We got to go, we got to get out of here." Whoa. It was bad. Oh my! Fun fact. Uh, uh, yeah, that, you
1: probably made the right decision at that at that time. I I'd be doing what you do. I was like,
2: "We Just- are gone, like <laughs> scoot." I mean, the bar now. <laughs> the game was over anyway, but I was like, I'm pushing people. I was like, we're gone. We're out of here. And that, that little grass that's hill, not... when you walk out Soldier Field and you're walking back, you know that little grass hill part there? There was Lions yeah. fans standing there yelling at us, like all these Bears fans scooting out. So the police on horses had to surround them to make sure that no fans got to them. Like it was, that's yeah, when I realized Bears that... fans can be crazy. But Lions fans can be just assholes too. I was like, oh, this is.
1: They have nothing. Well, Lions fans have even less to lose. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. You know, that um,
2: probably, <laughs> but that, probably but,
1: felt really good.
2: But that was a fun fact. They were talking about Jimmy G's first 49er Star was against the Bears, and I was like, oh, I was there. I was there. <laughs> and I helped Jimmy G out at EIU when I helped out Spring Ball. I was there. Like, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We d- remember you bringing that up, la- bring up that last week when we were talking about getting ready for him there. Um, He just decided to be a quarterback and played very mm-hmm. well. He had over 300, some passing yards, rushes for two touchdowns. And I was watching it and I said, they're doing what he can do. He can do short. I know what he can do. He can do short passes. He can play action pretty well. Yep. And that's all he can do. He's not really a deep thrower. He can, but he's not. That's not what he's going to do. When 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 they went to the Super Bowl, that's all they did. Yep. Oh yeah. They I mean they they managed right down that intermediate section of the field. You know, a lot of comfortable throws. And then when uh, what's his face, Debo Samuel gets 170 yards rushing, that makes life a lot easier for the 49ers. Like, oh, we can run the ball. Here we go. I, well i
1: think you mean passing if you're talking talking that because that was that was or receiving, main sorry start.
2: not rushing yeah, although receiving. although
1: elijah mitchell had 146 yards that, rushing that's so like, who let's I was not of. kid ourselves that still still was e- makes things easy as all hell if you were san francisco and you know talk i mean this week alone like you're just talking like garoppolo to me wasn't gonna be i didn't think it was going to be a massive threat i didn't even think he'd have like 300 plus yards for a game i thought it was gonna be pre-pedestrian And it was going to be like we talked last week, it was going to come down to like Elijah Mitchell and like between him or Khalil Herbert. And Mitchell had his day. Yep. Khalil Herbert got stuffed. Now you got the same kind of a similar question in the run base for, you know, Najee Harris. However, now I think Najee Harris has a chance to, you know, if I'm looking at trends, I'm thinking unless you get something short up real quick and have a quick, have a real quick solution. That might be a hundred yard game, uh, not maybe not easy, but like it is highly possible that he can get a hundred yards if this Bears defense continues the way that they have been in recent weeks. Yeah, kind of
2: scares me. Well, because Jimmy G had all this pressure on. I'm gonna go back to Jimmy G real quick, and then I'm gonna move on to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. All the like, he can't stay healthy. Should they trade him? He's not the quarterback. We need to play Trey Lance. Well, now he's not playing well. Why do we have Jimmy G? And I think he just kinda of said, screw it, I'm gonna play, and he just played. And they called right. the game they called the game right for him and he did well. But the the two rushing touchdowns I didn't see because even at EIU, he was not a runner. They ran the Baylor offense. He'd run a little bit, but he wasn't a runner. So but yeah. Then going into Pittsburgh, you have to think Najee Harris is salivating right now. Like, oh, if he can get a hundred and some yards. I played at Alabama, which is like an NFL team anyway. I should be able to yeah. get 100 and some yards. And then Big Ben is going to love it because he won't get as much pressure because he can't move like he used to. He can still throw it. Like, we could be in trouble uh, as a defense if they get the run game. We're in trouble, especially if Cleo Mack doesn't come back. But if he does, he's not going to be healthy.
1: Yeah, he probably won't be. And well, then that's been a that's been a consistent storyline, at least in the previous year, or at least previous year to two years, is like how healthy has Mac been? You know, this year it seemed like he was fully back up until well, he wasn't. <laughs> and so now we're waiting to see if, how that's going to turn out. You know, the timetable last from what I understood, or what I, we understand, is one to three weeks. So this was week one. You know, how healthy is it if you rush him back? But then of course you have to look at the flip. Robert Quinn couldn't do anything against San Francisco. Now, credit, he probably had Trent Williams to contend with all day, but still, you know, that is your, that is, we're back to what the old formula for the Bears was like 2019 and even last year with Quinn not producing is key on the prime pass rusher and no one else is going to do their job or no one's going to be able to get back there because they're just not that much skill set or anyone to rotate in like that. And that's what the Bears are at this point is. Unless you have both those guys out there, you're gonna either have to blitz heavily, or you're going to just have to deal with it and hope to God someone wills their way back there because that's what we saw last week, and it's probably gonna be the similar case. I mean, they just the Pittsburgh Steelers just played Cleveland, who were easily harassing Roethlisberger and company all day. You know, they got out of there alive, had amazing fourth quarter catch from uh, quarter catching the, from their tight end of fr- Friar murth i i'm definitely messed that up and i but you know <laughs> that that's what you're contending with is if you can't get back to big ben he is going to have his day the dude thrives on improvisation that is how he's made his living
2: and and he probably won't run as much cuz he is older it's probably his last year for sure mm-hmm. But like you said, if you're going to give him five seconds, his arm is still strong enough to get the ball where it needs to go. And like I said, if we if we have Quinn and Cleo Mac, now they've got to figure out how to double team both or figure out them, which opens up the linebackers. But like I said, Quinn's not Cleo Mack. So 49ers said, well, if he makes plays, that's fine. We're going to worry about this, which he did. He made a couple of plays. But then, like, that's all you got. And if Eddie Jackson doesn't come back, they're going to pick on wherever he supposed, was supposed to be at. The pass game is going to go that way. And don't be surprised if you see some screens with Najee Harris because he did that at Alabama. They'd swing it out to him and throw it. They run screens with him. He'll hurdle somebody. Like don't I? I we got to watch out for that because we're going to rush really hard and he's just going to dump it off. And this is at Pittsburgh, right?
1: I believe it is. I... Yeah, it's at Pittsburgh. I not, yeah, it's, I, I was gonna say I, I didn't. I didn't think it was at Chicago.
2: And that's a tough they have football to go. too. Yeah, and it's a tough well, place to go. It's loud. And defensively, we are not healthy.
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli. I guess. Ah In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a low. Now, we said this last week. We said low-scoring game, and it turned out not to be. But this one could be low scoring once again. This could be. It could twenty one ten. It could.
1: It could. I, I have. I. I almost. I'm having a feeling that maybe it won't. But I think it, again, it all depends on the game, the offensive game plan. You know, if you can, like I said, for Chicago, you know, for talking, if you do a similar thing you did against San Francisco, where you're rolling out of the pocket consistently and you're just trying to taking off pressure from the run game by giving that tease of, look, Fields can run. You didn't read the bootleg. Now you got to account for that. You know, maybe that changes. And then also, you know, (laughs) I think that when you have, like, if San Francisco can do seven straight scoring possessions with what I think is, for the most part, not a splashy offensive composition, you know, right now, just think of what Pittsburgh can do. I mean, I mean Claypool and Deont- and Deontay Johnson are going to be able to have their day as they please. You know, you know. Yeah, sure. There's no Juju Smith Schuster, but have they really needed Juju? Not really. No. You know, I mean Claypool and Johnson have stepped up and have done considerable work and damage as needed.
2: On offense, if we have Montgomery back and Herbert. I mean, he was banged up there, but he seemed to like he didn't want to come out. He came out, came back, he looked good. Mm-hmm. If we've got both of those guys and we can run the ball, we have a shot. But we, we have to get the run game going because if we don't, Pittsburgh, I'm they're going to say, okay, he can run all over. Let Justin Fields run because once we get into the red zone and things become a lot tighter, we should be able to stop him. Like if our – Front four or five can stop the run. We'll handle him, and then I think Pittsburgh on offense is just going to run the ball. They're going to look at it and say, "Let's run up the middle and see what happens." And then I, th- we'll, I
1: mean, I think you're going to get a healthy dose. Oh, a you, lot of it. There's there, there's so there's proof now that you can, you know, this yet yeah, you can go into the teeth of, of right down the between the tackles and get gashes.
2: You know, and, and
1: you. you and it's Najee and Harris is a big guy. Yeah, and you know, Lake Turner.
2: <laughs> and Kyle Shanahan is is he's known for wide zone, and that's what the 49ers were doing. And then they eventually run up the middle. And I could see Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh is known for stretch plays, and we're, so we're going to see the exact same type of run schemes coming at the Bears. Even if Khalil Mack does come back, and they figure out he's not healthy or he's not in a lot, because that happened um, right before the San Francisco game. He was coming out a lot because he wasn't practicing. So they play him four or five plays, and he sits out four or five plays. So during that time, they're gonna once they see that they're gonna run the ball. Nix isn't healthy. Oh yeah. well, you just have to worry about Robert Quinn. It's fine. Who cares? They don't have Eddie Jackson there to come down and fly and make the, the the run fit. That's fine. And I and I said this in 2018. This defense is going to get old quick so in 2019 we didn't do well it's like they're gonna get old you saw glimpses of it last year and now it's coming to fruition of like they're getting old they're getting hurt yeah
1: getting old hurt not a not at the same motor it seems to like you know like like we were talking with hicks hicks is hicks is more injury based but i mean age does catch up a little and you know dude has seemed to slow down or just injuries are not or injuries are now plaguing his career at this moment to where he can't be fully healthy and be a game wrecker like he was three years ago. You know, I, I, I it's very rare. I've seen that type of that type of key mix in the last three seasons that we've watched the foot watch football for this organization. You know, you just can't, he just can't stay healthy. And then you can't keep motoring on, you can't keep working on your, on your craft or
2: fine tuning as you get older. Well, it's gonna be curious because Pittsburgh, they averaged two hundred and fifty four passing yards. They only average eighty six rushing yards. True. So inefficient, inefficient, but this could be the week where they're just gonna run the ball and uh but they give up a lot of passing yards too. They gave up two hundred and fifty six this year a game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I look at this and I go, oh, we should just pass the ball, but we like you said, we only have one or two guys making plays on offense for receiving. So right. even though – that's why I hate numbers. I love – I said that last time. I love numbers just for the debate and talk like this. But I also hate it because I'm looking at it going, well, this tells me Pittsburgh can't run the ball very well because it's 86 yards a game, so we should be fine. But I said that about 49ers. I was like, oh, you know, they're only doing this, and then they run for 180 yards or whatever it was total. And But Pittsburgh can pass the ball, so that's what scares me with maybe they decide to pass the ball Maybe they won't run the ball. Maybe they'll pass it because they're averaging two hundred some yards a game with with Big Ben.
1: Yeah, the, well, recent weeks too, because you know Steelers are on a win are on a are on a three game win streak right now. I mean, they're they've got their attack seems a lot more balanced at this point. Um, you know, credit Najee Harris again. They haven't really been able to get him to efficiently get carries, but. I mean, he's still been part of the offense. They're still making him a focal point. He's a workhorse right now, you know. Been getting those twenty-plus carry type of games, and slowly but surely, you know, numbers are going up for him. Like you know, they are starting to get things to work. And again, like you, the longer you get chemistry and have a consistent receiving core, the better. So, like like I said, having Claypool and Deontay Johnson has come out has come out and has really shown himself to be, you know, that can be a go-to guy for them out wide so big ben has those targets that he can rely on and that you know he doesn't have to hopefully lean on as much more like i said they if they can lean on Najee harris in this contest then hmm, you might you don't i mean it might be a done deal at that point you know again if it's like elijah mitchell last week i'm sorry to tell you we're going to be kind of we're going to be doing a one of those first-to-the-finish-line type of games, which we showed last, which we showed against San Francisco, that's not what Chicago's built for right now. They're no. supposed to be playing bully ball, like, keep away, and completely failed last last week at San Francisco. It, it can be even worse against Pittsburgh if you aren't making adjustments.
2: Yeah, and with Chicago, like, the first half looked fine. Like, the first half, like, okay, we're, we're just chipping away. You know, we're pounding at the rock. But then all the injuries started to come back and haunt us in the second half of like when we don't have the guys, this is what happens. So Pittsburgh seems healthy. Besides, Big Ben is Big Ben. You know, talks about probably KFC before the game, like something like that. Probably, probably, probably smashes down a bucket or something. <laughs> That's and it's fine. Like I think we all should do that. It's fine. It's whatever. If I would have known that was the secret to play the NFL, I would have done it more. Like that. That would have. That would have been the thing. But we're going to go against a team that's not having those same injury issues. And if we come in with the exact same injury issues, it's is going to be a long game. And we have to keep Big Ben on the sideline. We have to take as much time on offense as humanly possible. And Pittsburgh has only given up like 100 yards rushing a game. So we're going to have to really run the ball. And I think we can. Our offensive line is a good run-blocking team. We just can't – Like I said, if we get behind and it's 14 nothing or whatever, we're not built to come back. Justin, you're going to put – we saw that. When it was time to come back, we're losing by, what was it, eight, I think at the time? Yeah. Justin Fields is not the guy to bring us back with who we have. He's not at Ohio State where he has whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Like, if we fall behind, we ain't coming back.
1: You got to play bully ball. You got to keep it away. Like you're saying, kill the clock. Keep keep Big Ben and company on the sideline. Um, and then make sure that, like I said, when you're on the field with Justin and co, Justin's got to be rolling out, doing play action. Keep any chance of TJ Watt swallowing up that pocket and wrecking havoc out of your game plan because you do not want that man having a Miles Garrett Type of contest where he has five sacks and everyone's just watching it go downhill, especially on national television. Because here's the, because we've already talked national pe- pundits and all of them are just going to lose, they're just going to that'll be all they talk about for a week, oh, yeah. two plus weeks, you know. And I'm not saying that's you played to control like media flow, but I mean, we had this, we had issues last year. I mean, just remember, I mean, remember the Monday night contest against Minnesota, Nick Foles going down injured we tried to we looked like embarrassments on tv had freaking everybody in the u.s having their pitchforks and torches out saying this needs to change
2: and then Justin Fields comes and it's gone
1: right you know go figure but this is the type of game you're in you're this is a showcase so you know that added pressure media wise can come out of this which you, you know chicago media already is relentless in its own way on trying to ask questions and get the nitty gritty you don't need everyone else doing that you know you you want to you want to get this should be for matt Nagy, in particular i don't know whether he's in or not you know hopefully his protocol has gone well and he is able to rejoin the team right as they're going to pittsburgh you know is the thing uh he can catch the other out there yeah i mean that's the thing um because that this is one of those games that like makes you look either make or break in terms of continuing your possible chance of a job come the end of the year, you know.
2: Yeah, Nat? net. This this is a tough thing for the Bears. I was gonna try to find their schedule because I'm like I don't know. Like you got Pittsburgh, you get time off, then the Ravens come to yep. town, then you play the Lions. Okay, there's a there's a win we could maybe get then you got the cardinals the packers yep 49 49er, or 49 vikings vikings seahawks and by then russell wilson's going to be healthy true giants maybe could win there sure. yeah i mean that's winnable and then the vikings again so like you're looking at this and you're going to see two maybe three top four wins so this is going to be a six and whatever season and If that's not screaming, get rid of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. I don't know what is.
1: And yeah, we—I mean, because they're not going to fire mid-season. You know, that's the big whole spiel going around around with fans. They the the McCaskies don't fire mid-season. They they have a they have a precedent and they keep it. Which okay, fine. You know, if you want to say you're a better organization for not firing your coach mid-year, go nuts. I you know I applaud you that you get to at least have the guy go out with dignity. But I mean, does it does it do anything for, you know, getting things ordered and looking at your, looking at what you got on the roster? No, not really. You know, that that's the argument I have for firing mid is like it lets you evaluate a bit more. You know, what what some of your personnel could do, who might stay. Maybe you have a coaching candidate in the building that knew had a reasonable head on their shoulders. I don't know. That that's the angle you can take. But like this game is another national contest that you don't want to have your organization be an embarrassment in the national spotlight, and there are some factors here that Pittsburgh, on a hot streak, could make you look like the fool.
2: Because they beat the Browns, so I thought the Browns. Now the Browns have kind of fallen off, but they They have. They can't stay healthy either, and when they're healthy, they look like a really really good team. So when Pittsburgh's beating teams, even though they're close games, they're still winning. So, Pitts, I said this on a podcast the other day. Confidence is mostly important. When they're confident, they're going to do whatever that they're confident with. And that's what's going to happen. So, if the Bears go out there, now, if it's a close game, you feel a little better about it. Like, if we lose by a field goal, they're like, okay, like, we're so close. What's the common denominator? It's Matt Nagy. We've already said it. <laughs> but if we go out there and we happen to have what happened with the 49ers, you have to go, okay. We just got embarrassed now on Monday night football, you know, especially if we don't do what we need to do, which is control the clock, keep Ben Roethlisberger out there, and we need as much points as we can. If they're just field goals, we got to take them. And then on defense, we just – we we're just not healthy. It, it, it is what it is. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah That's absolutely the case.
2: And we can't we can't help it. We just got to go out there and tackle. We got to go out there and make sure Najee Harris doesn't run all over us. God. You almost have to sit there and say, "Let's take away the run and make Ben move." I think you have to make him move.
1: Maybe I mean that—that that might be a good plan. But, but again, that—that that all comes down to pressure. Like if Mac can play, and you know, if he plays, if he looks healthy, like that changes the game. I, I think it really does seem like it comes down, possibly to, you know, if he can get just enough, enough to d- deter any run game. And Mac comes back healthy to and not to eliminate any chance of double teaming Robert Quinn. That might be your way, your ticket in. But if Max's gone, we're going to see. I think of like you and I are saying a lot of what we just saw last week against San Francisco.
2: Yeah, if Max's gone, then my theory goes out the window. We won't be able to move Ben now. If he's back, you've got him and Quinn. I think. I think the only way is to to make pressure and do twists and stunts. Because back in the day, you didn't want Big Ben to move. Now I think you do. I think you want him to move out of the pocket, make him think his feet are not – he's not as fast as he was. He can't take as much hits as he used to. And I think if you get him moving, I think that gives our uh, safeties and corners chances to just be athletes and just hopefully we can cover people when we move him. I think that's the only way we're going to win. So if we can get him to move, we'll be fine. If we can somehow slow down Najee Harris in the run game, make him move, that's the only chance we have on defense. And then on offense, same formula. Just run the ball, move Justin Fields, short passes, and get some tight ends involved. If we get to the 20, we've got to get Jimmy Graham the ball. you got to throw it up to him.
1: I'd like to see – I would love to see a Trips tight end set of Comet Graham, and Jesper Horstead.
2: All like, on one side. I mean,
1: like, can we get more Jesper Horstead? Like, I, I don't know about you, but I was, I mean, that one of the, one of Justin Fields' first touchdown pass was a beauty to, Je- to mm-hmm. Jesper this season. I was like, man, I don't know. Like, we have some talented tight ends, honestly, in terms of depth. Like, that's a lot of safety valves that helps with at least diversifying your receiving core that, you know, in terms of that position has been really lackluster. Maybe you should start getting more of those guys out in the run. I mean, Horstead's basically the build of a receiver anyway right right now. Like, he he slimmed down so much.
2: And uh, Jesse James. He had some big catches. Same with Jesse
1: James. Like, great catch this week, this past week. Got another one. We got a good tight end, like, unit. Or in terms of a room, it's a pretty stacked room if you look at it.
2: Well, again, this goes back to 2019. Like, going into – or last year, after the 2019 season, going into the COVID year. They came out, and they were like, we're going to get these tight ends. We're going to have double tight ends. We're going to have wings. We're going to move. Like, they were building the offense for moving the pocket and short passes and this. And what happened? We never used them. Right. And, until laser took over play calling because he was not an idiot and said, well, we got these guys. We got them for a reason. Let's use them. So he will use them. So I maybe you're right. Maybe when they get to Pittsburgh, like, we got to use these guys. We got to – or upon Illinois where we've got eight linemen on the field. They've got to do something like that to like I mean,
1: just get somebody that obviously can get separation or at least is more of a reliable more reliable and can maybe separate. Or, you know, perhaps the defense sleeps on them a bit. Like I said, tight tight ends, you know, you generally try and go for a primary. Sometimes one of them slips out. You know, it's more likely, you know, you look at that position, that could be the case. I don't know. Something that might mix things up because obviously Marcus Goodwin, Allen Robinson, and unfortunately right now uh, to a degree, Darnell Mooney, in uh, more to a recent degree, not doing it, man. It ain't working right now. Yeah,
2: you know? we're, we're going to have a big off season when the season's over. We're going to need
1: it's a, an important off season coming yeah. this year because very important.
2: We're going to probably hopefully have a new coach overhaul. We're going to need some offensive linemen, and desperate, and we need a playmaker somewhere. Yeah big time. Like everybody thought this draft was important for the Bears. This this offseason is going to be huge for the Bears.
1: I th- whoever is making the picks next this coming April, they need to prioritize just line in general. You know, I am I am so done with trying to find the scraps of free agency or mostly relying on the later rounds to Find that diamond in the rough for for line, you know. Okay, you can do specialty players. Okay, that's fine. You can find those diamonds more commonly, but they are good, solid linemen that are all around, great at their skill set, and pass pro, and at you know whatever form of run offense you want to run, whether it's like zone or just direct blocking. Those are those are not those are not a diamond dust. They are luxuries in this league and that needs to be addressed i don't like i said i don't care who's there i mean credit if net if ryan pace is there and i see another draft where it's like maybe you know maybe kind of like this one but we have actual people that can step in or you know are healthy fine but it should be mostly linemen if you ask me this next one maybe go for like a mid-round like you know third or fourth like specialty player at receiver or something Mm -hmm. but you better be prioritizing line the first two rounds and rebuilding what is what it's garbage like it is the the, they've sat they have given up 30 sacks this year steve they're the worst team we are back to jay cutler levels of sack percentages and hits right now that is i didn't think we get back there i didn't think we get to back to jerry angelo (laughs) messing up type of era you know but We're back, baby. Somehow we made it back. I don't understand what we forgot to learn from less than a decade ago. But we're here. Yeah,
2: It's crazy when you look at good teams. Why was Tom Brady so good? He had a decent offensive line in front of him. When New York won their Super Bowl, and I'm just thinking random teams, offensive line, look at Tampa Bay right now. Their offensive line can pass protect.
1: It's a very young line. They invested in that.
2: Yeah, the team goes as the offensive line goes, and the Bears are like, no, it goes as the play caller. Like
1: and I like I like that they're bruisers and they can do run they can do run. You know, but like gimme guys that can do both things, man. Like like you say to look at Tampa Bay. I looked at freaking Cooper Rush stand behind that Dallas line, which by the way, which has been dominant for the last at least half to a decade thanks to that capital and drafts and draft picks they've made. And I just went, holy crap, that was Cooper freaking Rush, CMU prospect stud out of the Mac that gets his first start and looks, for the most part, got what he needed. Mm-hmm. And we have Justin Fields getting hit four times a game right now because it's a freaking paper line of guys that we picked off the street that we said, ah, eh, we'll cheap on this. We need, we'll get everything else. We'll cheap on this, though.
2: Oh, you're forty years old. We'll we'll, we'll take you. Like you, (laughs) you
1: were a former All Pro. That works. Oh, I mean, yeah. maybe you're forty-one, but like, you still can move enough. You move. You 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 have some mobility. You walked into my office. That's that's all that matters.
2: And we can pay you really cheap. So we we can do it.
1: (laughs) Sold. I'm in. We expect you to. We expect you to be uh, blocking two people off the left side almost every play. (laughs) Good luck. Better, better start talking to Cody Cody Whitehair though. You you need to get on good terms with him. Otherwise, it will be like that. Which I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's an old thing. Like Cody Whitehair and James Daniels. Also, you know, those were highly touted prospects that have surprisingly seen regression too this year. Yeah, make me go. God damn! What the hell happened to you people? Yeah, <laughs> like you guys were good just like a year and a half ago. Jesus Christ!
2: <laughs> you know, just blame the COVID year, or we'll just blame.
1: Yeah. I, maybe, maybe that is the case. I don't know.
2: Was there anything we missed? I think we had the sadness <laughs> enough. We had we had good preview, and then we went back to sadness. That's just the typical Bears um, <laughs> thing. D- I Bears. mean.
1: I mean Justin Fields looked better he did look better like that was his best performance so there's to end the show on positivity like I want to see that continue like we're talking with the offensive scheme, but also you know even if it was designed run bootleg or not, if he is not confident past last week to start running on a regular basis, then something went wrong because the guy obviously realized he can get a hundred yards easy in this league just off of his speed and athleticism by rolling out so do that a bit more. That might help too, you know. Again, get him uneasy. But that was the best part of last week. Was going. You know what? This kid might have might be going somewhere. We just really need to clean out the trash that's holding back some pieces for him to, uh, you know, grow his game. But that that's the whole season topic, though.
2: Yep, I agree. We a lot of changes have to come, but there is some positivity. We get some pieces in there. There's some positivity, but we need a new play caller. Yeah. We need new. We need. A, we need a bunch of things. But yes, he played a lot better, and if we can see that continue, maybe get some confidence. And going into next year, like he can pick up on it, has a whole off season. Maybe he'll figure it out. But all right, I think that was good. I appreciate you coming back on. Uh, we might have a big show for the bye week next week. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh. There might be some yelling, some cursing, some sadness, but we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure out what what will happen there, and it won't be from me. It won't be from me.
1: <laughs> I, if it's if the show is going the way we've talked, then yeah, it, it, it'd probably be from me. Maybe you know, sounds like you know Kelsey coming on. Hopefully, so Jesus.
2: The only sadness uh, I will join you in is the misery of like, oh, we're gonna be good, and then we're so we might both come at you with the with the smoke and Jay stuff, but then when we talk about the overall, that's that's when the old style will come out and be like, yeah, you're right, like this happened.
1: I'll make it. sure I'll make sure I have some bottles <laughs> on hand, not just as a joke. I will have them. Like I guess I gotta get rid of some of this. Uh I still have like a freaking 14 cans of this like icy light from Pittsburgh that I picked up when I was out with Kelsey and DJ. And let me tell you folks, it's it's uh it's not it's not that good. <laughs> no, it doesn't sorry. sound good. If, if for some reason a Pittsburgh fan is here and it's just it's ironic that we're playing Pittsburgh this week too. But like if you are on here and you like it, power to you man, but th- this is as a game day beer, this, this beer kind of sucks. Like, uh, old style is such a better game day beer than this stuff ever could ever will be. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm leaving on that.
2: You know, well, well my,
1: I'll, my, I'll, my take rip me apart as you will at, at Zach Kyleman on Twitter.
2: Yep, we'll end it there. Uh, I'll put your link tree in the description. Everybody go check out all your stuff, Zach. Thank you so much. It's okay. Kyleman. I got it right. Uh, nice job. Thank you so much and we'll see you guys next time.
0: you